Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I am Pat. And with us today is the incredible, the delightful Tom Sanchez. Hi everyone. Hi Tom. Hello. Hey, thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, you're great and I think this is going to be a great time. Oh, thank you. You guys are great too. Yay. Oh, come on. Um, as many people know, we talk to people about songs that mean a lot to them on this show. But before we get started, we're going to talk about something we've been listening to recently. Pat, what's something you've been listening to? Cool. Uh, I've been going through the Bandcamp Top 100, uh, mm-hmm. as per your recommendation. hey And I came across this band from Brooklyn called Thick Ram. Oh. Uh, they are a Brooklyn-based hardcore band that sings all their lyrics in Arabic. Uh, and it's pretty enjoyable i heard that track um just the other day and it is a really good it's a pretty yeah. good album it's called american police uh i have not read the lyrics but i really like it and the album art's really neat it's yeah all done up in calligraphy oh wow so, yeah it's cool if you like hard rocking i would uh i would suggest it right yeah yeah it's pretty yeah. good and if you know arabic hey cherry on top <laughs> <laughs> let us know what it means <laughs> yeah. yeah please <laughs> please um, I'm kind of catching up on albums of the year from last year and listening to the Charlie Bliss album that came out last year, and it's really great. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, just super fun, kind of like, I don't know, almost power pop, but kind of a combination of rock genres that just make for great, delightful listening. Yeah. Super fun. The song uh, Ruby is a great one, but there's a lot of good tracks. Yeah. I like them a lot. They shot one of their music videos in Queens. Hey, in our neighborhood, Queens Pride. Wow, Tom, do you also live in Queens? I live in Astoria, Queens. Tom lives in the same Whoa. neighborhood as Pat and I. Yeah, isn't that wild? Wow. So I, you're part of this. You're part of this conversation. You're part of history. Yeah. Wow. I'm have to watch that music video now. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Uh, what's something you've been dialed into recently? Uh, this is thanks to Spotify's Pumped Pop playlist. Ooh. But I am uh, rediscovering my love of Justin Bieber's Purpose album. Okay. What um, era of Bieber is this? This is the, his latest album. Okay. okay. Yeah. So this is uh, Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, What Do You Mean, mm-hmm. um, the... Uh, that acoustic song is yeah. on that, right? Uh, love Yourself? Yeah. Yes. I love all of those songs. <laughs> um, um, this is an older one. It's not on that album, but I love, love, love Despacito with uh, yeah. the one that he did with... Right. The like English version, English yeah. language remix with yes. Justin Bieber. Yes. I love, love, love that song. Yeah. Have you seen that delightful video of the young girl whose dad keeps like punking her with Despacito and, and he, she, she keeps has to dancing dance every time. everywhere? Yeah. And she loves it but hates it. Right. Right. <laughs> That's how I feel about the song. <laughs> <laughs> it is really um it it was my 2017 video of delight. Like it's the video I put on to feel in a better mood. Is yeah. that little girl dancing to Despacito? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it is beautiful. Yeah. I learned the lyrics. Oh yeah, in Spanish, and I translated them. Oh, what? they're they're disgusting. They they're vile. <laughs> oh, they're no. vile. Yeah, but the no. song is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll have to look up the translation ourselves so we can. Yeah, really definitely. Dig into it. Definitely. Yeah. Um. What song did you want to talk with us about today? So this is going to be um, "Flagpole Sitta" by Harvey Danger. I'm Excellent. so excited. Uh, we're gonna give a little listen to a clip right now. Yes. This is the best part of the song. Yes. Absolutely. 
I knew exactly what we had to cue it up to right when you gave <laughs> right. us the song. This is the only part of the song. If you listen to one part, this is the part to listen to. This part of the song is climaxing. You yeah. know, for sure. And if you're not jumping up and down, screaming these lyrics, you're not singing it right. Yeah, this it's is required by law. This is yeah. Pogo Stick and Scream. Yes, absolutely. And, and here's his screaming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love these backing vocals in the chorus throughout this whole song. I'm trying to simulate like horns or whatever. So good. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, if you're ever in a bad mood, screaming through this song helps. It's great. Yeah, it won't absolutely. solve your mood, but it'll definitely help your mood. It's cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. This was like the cathartic hit of 1997. Yeah. yeah. I do like that wrap up too. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the end of the song's great. We didn't get the whole to song's it, great. but the end of the song's yeah. great. The beginning of the song's great. Yeah. Uh, everyone at this table agrees. Great song. <laughs> um, so we're going to try to give a guess as to why you chose this tune. Pat? I think you uh, heard it on the radio and... Hmm. I think you had the same reaction that I did when I first heard this song, which was I didn't know a song could be this much fun and make me want to jump out of my shoes every time I hear it. Hmm. I like that. My guess is that at whatever point in your life you heard this song, this was the hardest song you'd ever heard. Like somehow, some way, this was like, this was, uh, this was kind of like rage incarnate, like uh, angry at the world kind of scream at the top of your lungs sort of tune um and that's like what it was good for in your life at that moment but now you can tell us why you really chose it um i think they're both out there i think those are both like sort of true but i Mm -hmm. i chose this because um this was the song i heard it at a um, an after party in college and then someone else had put it on and everyone in my group knew all the lyrics to the song not just me and that's Mm -hmm. the moment i was like these are my people Oh, that's the awesome. first time in college. And it was like freshman year of college. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. I had, I had heard this song, um, I think for the first time in high school. I listened to like the alternative station mm-hmm. when I was driving around and I liked the song. Uh, so I had to like do a lot of legwork that you don't, it's easy to do now with like Shazam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like track the song down and I learned the song. Um, and I remember... Um, after my very first improv show in college, uh, my freshman year, at our very first after party, this song came on, and everyone in that group was singing and jumping and yelling the lyrics. And I remember looking around, being like, "They know this song too! <laughs> wow, I made the right choice by like j- yeah. being and doing all this stuff right now." So uh, every time I hear this song, I remember fondly every after party getting too drunk with my my people. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. there's something like very... The song's kind of disarming when it comes to screaming the lyrics because there's no... It's all chaos. Right. It's all just jumping and frantic and it is fun when you get to sing this song with other people and just see them not giving a shit and dancing around like maniacs or jumping and... And it's the kind of song where everyone can kind of... Uh, sing along scream their heads off to it but it's not threatening it's it's like a fun song right above you know above all else yeah yeah um whereas i don't know it would you you're saying like i found my people 
that would be a very different thing if it was, I don't know, like a Rage Against the Machine song where everyone's like screaming and shouting to. It would just Despacito. be like that much more. Yeah, or Despacito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would just be that much different. You know, like um, it's, you're like, oh, these people are serious. Whereas this song's like, these people want to have fun and they get me in, a, in yeah. that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I think it's one of those songs where if you like dig, a, if you like learn the lyrics a little mm-hmm. bit, it's kind of messed up yeah yeah but it's you know i don't know it's like a cathartic experience every time you hear this song yeah, and yeah. it's kind of a joyful thing there's something really fun about just screaming paranoia paranoia yes, yes. coming to get me yeah i think if i were to like distill my college improv experience down it would be that verse that we played yeah us in a circle jumping up and down at our the house that we destroyed in college <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what was this like first semester of college that you remember doing this? Yeah, I think I, early in the semester, late in the semester. I think it was relatively early, like October, like, you know, relative. So let's try to go back because. My, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that is really easy to do as we have been out of college for a while is to forget how I think how long those first like few days, few weeks, couple months yes. of college can be. And for different people, it's obviously uh, it, it can be different. But so many people I know, I think, have experienced that where it's like I just didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who my friends were. I didn't know anything. What I, why was it? Why was I going to college? What was I studying? And it's all like by October. <laughs> you know, it's really like no time. But yeah. it yeah. it can feel like waiting in a sea yeah. for like so long so yeah what was kind of the very start of college like for you uh it, it happens so quickly i mean uh there i went to yale which is a mm-hmm. um very um wealthy yeah endowed university so there's tons and tons and tons of extracurriculars um and so there's so much it happens so within like the first two weeks, you're like locked in to your thing and you kind of don't know that right away. And um, I auditioned for and got on to an, an improv team there very, like within my first week, I was on this team, I feel like very, or within very first two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done some improv in high school, but this was very, very short form improv and um I remember leaving a lot of the rehearsals early on being like, what am I doing here? This is very, very hard. On top of that, I had just moved across the country. Mm-hmm. I'm from Arizona, and I had okay. just moved away all the way to Connecticut for the first time. Um, so I, I remember the first show happened, um, and I had some laughs, and it was like I definitely left with a good feeling, but the, that after party, I remember we used to party hard that group. Like we partied like Jim beam and pizza and we, and PBR and blacking out that whole thing. Um, so I do remember finally feeling in that moment when that song came on and everyone was singing it like, Oh, this is, I am fine. This is okay for me to be here. And it happened. Thankfully, I think very soon. I think for some people that I knew it didn't and they kind of struggled a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that. Because even that first party, even if it does like click for you, it's something like stepping into the party, even if you've done a show together or, you know, played a game or whatever, you all signed up to hang out together, whatever it is in college, um, you can still have that feeling of like, 
oh i'm i had to they had to let me be here like the yeah, like because yeah. we did all of the, we did the same activity they have to allow me to in the door and who knows if anyone actually likes me or right. wants to hang out mm-hmm. and do something fun together uh they're obligated to right now <laughs> yeah, you know and yeah. you feel like a big phony sometimes oh yeah yeah until maybe you have a moment <clears throat> a moment like everybody's singing along to the song or i think for other people it could be it could be like a single one-on-one conversation with someone that yeah, you're like yeah. oh i actually did this i am wanted here or this this place these people are my people you know yeah yeah, yeah. i had a sort of similar uh experience where Everybody started singing, and I said, oh, I do not belong here. Because <laughs> uh, I went to visit a friend at Delaware, and they were a composition major, so like music composition. Okay. And Bohemian Rhapsody came on. Oh, no. And it's <laughs> college, and it's a party, so of course everybody's going to sing along to it. Uh, but that's when I realized everybody else there was were vocal majors and nailed it. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just sat down. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't compete with that yeah i should go (laughs) yeah yeah definitely i definitely have those i feel like anyone who's in an acapella group does that you know and i kind of hate them for that (laughs) yeah there's a lot of uh showing off yes yeah like oh you want me to sing i could sing a little something let me try to sing something yeah or someone just happened to bring a guitar to the party (laughs) you know like i guess i'll play if no one else minds that is very i think part i wonder if part of it is like no one was good at singing that's singing you know like it felt like it didn't Mm -hmm. matter so if the second something is like good and you're not able to match that you're automatically excluded yeah. 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 Well, absolutely. and that's the thing is like those those other vocalists at that party were like, I found my people. We're all oh. excellent singers. <laughs> and somebody who carries an acoustic guitar to party, to party, to party, their people are like the one party that's like, yeah, man, that's cool. Play a song. Yeah. And the yeah. people that are totally fine with it. Like yeah. that's their people. That's yeah. who they want to hang out yeah. with. Yeah. You just got to find your people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd much rather hang out with the people that are willing to yell along to this song and not care how their voice sounds. Oh, yeah. 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 Now I uh, I also did improv in college, and I have this song for like my college experience, which was the Killers, Mr. Brightside. Oh wow! Um, and I was already kind of in the kind of in this in the group of friends, but I remember it was sophomore year maybe. As we exited, we used to rehearse in this small black box theater, the PepsiCo Theater, and we would. As I walked out one day, someone's like Jeep was pulling out as we were all leaving, and they were blasting Mr. Brightside, and everyone just broke into a dance in the parking lot. Like oh, everyone wow. danced, filled the whole parking lot and screamed Mr. Brightside at the top of their lungs. And it became like my, that's like my Im- anthem of improv friends from college. And I, it's uh, it feels very similar um, in that regard. Like, it's like, yeah. I have this immediate response to be like, oh yeah, improv people dancing and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are my folks. I love these people. Yeah. It's I, very nice. I think I had a, there's a runner up for, for that that mm-hmm. improv song for me and it's Miley Cyrus's Party in the USA <laughs> <laughs> which I think had just come out uh, my freshman year of college so I think it would have been 2008, oh, 2009 yeah something yeah. in there um, but my version of the song that we would sing was we wouldn't say any of the words we would just <laughs> say Miley <laughs> for all the words and like the, to me even when I hear that song if I start saying um, like Miley 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 like to that that's also one of the things that 
brings me back. To, I think that's more of a freshman year, not an improv uh-huh. experience, mm-hmm. but that also is a similar. Like a fun bit that yeah. you could, like, we'll always remember. Right. If I could go to, to someone in the group at that year and just start singing that song, they might finish it by just saying, Miley, Miley, Miley. Yeah. <laughs> it was that iconic. Yeah. Uh, so you found, like, this thing and this activity even that you were swept up into freshman year, and that's a thing you did for all of college. All yeah. of college, yeah. Great. Yeah. It was a, a lot. It was a big commitment. Yeah. yeah. What was the, um, if there's a, happened to be like any improv nerds out there listening, but like what was the kind of structure of things at Yale for um, what you were doing? Uh, for my, there were at that time four groups. Okay. And mine was the shortest form of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still around. They do long form now, but um, they're called the Yale Exit Players. Um, and we would play these like insanely complicated one person games. Like um, we would do um, the Symphony of Social Criticism, which is a, uh, a, a an improv exercise that like you can read about in Truth and Comedy. But we mm-hmm. like did our own riff on it, where you would have to like basically do one person improvised stand up like sketches um, right away. And so you get clapped on. You get a topic of something that made you mad, and you'd have to like stand up there and improvise a one person sketch that was funny about like why like waiting in lines is bad <laughs> <laughs> and you have to do it three times you'd Whoa. rotate around three times and then if you're an upperclassman you'd have to do someone would have to do a fourth one to end it off yeah it's very hard and you're alone yeah. just sort of like antithetical to how right um the rest of improv works <laughs> um and it was a habit really... it was like really hard for me to to break that feeling for a very long time doing longer form stuff yeah. Yeah. breaking that like solo um competitive spirit from the group i was gonna say you guys were really pushing boundaries but uh that's uh, a jokier way of saying like i guess what I'm, I'm curious as to did it seem like um intentionally doing something different or was it more that vibe of college improv teams don't know everything there is to know about improv and so they're just kind of guessing and that's what they came up with you know uh, it was an older group, so I think this is sort of, a, it was an evolved form. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the group, the focus was more on being funny mm-hmm. as opposed to doing improv, if that makes sense. Um, so the the goal and the focus for all of these games was to be funny um, as a, not necessarily to do good, like... Scene work or scene something. Scene work or like yeah. build a space together. We did do that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the shows, especially, we only did like three shows a semester. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a like, you got to swing for the fences and be very, very funny as mm-hmm. opposed to like, um, and, and we knew we knew what was going on. There was a long form group called the Purple Crayon, you know, based off, they did Harold's because there's that book, Harold and the Purple Crayon. Yeah. Uh, so we, we knew, we were aware of what long form was. I think mm-hmm. at the time it was more of a conscious decision to not focus on that and, and just try to be very, very funny. Yeah. Now you, uh, you perform regularly now doing improv yes, and doing long form, but how do you think that that kind of background maybe, I don't know, how does it influence how you do, how you play now? Uh, it, it forced me, I think I look back on that experience, um, gratefully, I think it like forced me to be sharper and quicker and wittier because it's sort of, we would meet twice a week and you'd fail a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it, it made me, I think, just a faster joke 
comer upper with, mm-hmm. which is the technical term. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, do you want to be a joke come up with on like a late night show one day right. so or I think, for a sitcom? Yeah, I think that could be a fun um, outlet that is not necessarily taught in other forms yeah. or, or ways, but it was definitely detrimental um, uh, just uh, for my own improv experience in New York City because I would definitely leave a show that the show may have gone well, but I wasn't getting the laughs that I had come to uh, need from a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely hard uh, for a hurdle for me to overcome mm-hmm. improvisationally. Yeah. Currently. Right. But I, I, I do think I did learn some valuable things from my experience doing yeah. that, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Cool. Now you said you did some improv in high school too. Yes. In Arizona. In Arizona. So what was, um, were you into theater arts or anything like that back growing up? Yes. In Arizona? Yes, yes, yes. I did. I did theater. Um, uh, all four years of high school. And uh, it was in a theater class that I first learned how to do long form. Um, For whatever reason, my sophomore year advanced theater teacher decided to teach us how to do a Herald Mm. for the whole, so we spent the semester learning how to do a Herald. So we got, our textbook was Truth and Comedy Mm. and uh, we learned how to do a Herald. So uh, I still remember my team name, my high school Mm -hmm. Herald Mm -hmm. team name was Truman's Christmas. Okay. Um, and Is it was, this a fun story? To no, hear? I don't remember anything else. I just, <laughs> what I remember, I tell people that story, and they're like, "Oh, did they know how to like improv names have like kind of like it has like an improv team Feels, name yeah. it does, to it? Yeah. It does." But we were like, I was fifteen and had no idea what I was doing, so it just seems weird that I can. I don't know it's like a weird fact that even then we were like that's a that's a team name. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. What struck you about it? Um, if you'd been doing like theater growing up. What struck you about improv? And because it's something you jumped right into in college, you know. Yes, yes. Um, uh, well, I had watched um, "Whose Line Is It Anyway?" I think with my dad. He showed me that. I thought it was very fun and funny. So then we started playing those games in like drama club, and and everyone does. And then when I experienced this other like form of it, I was like, "This is weird." I kind of want to figure it out and and conquer it. So yeah. after that first semester, we continued meeting outside of class separately, and mm-hmm. then I performed at the Phoenix Improv Festival. Oh, that's very spring. cool! Very yeah. cool. Do you have the? Do you think you're the type of person that um, kind of is shown something or experiences something for the first time, and then your natural instinct is to figure it out? If I if I like it, yes. I yeah. thought if it's something that intrigues me, I want to like. I'll find the Wikipedia page and like I'll go go deep. But mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't grab my interest, I probably wouldn't. It's not like yeah. uh, other things. I'm trying to think of an example of something I don't care about, and I can't. What's something <laughs> you do care about? Like what's a Wikipedia hole you might have gone down recently? Um, what was I going down? Oh, what was I? Oh, World War One. Okay, yeah. World War One. I. I don't know how I got into this, but I really got into like the bad British generals of. <laughs> of World War like I. the bad boys of World War One, <laughs> like incapable bad. Yeah, or? they were like. If you think, if mm-hmm. like, if you read it now, you're like, these men cost like thousands of people their lives mm-hmm. with their poor decision making. Hmm. Yeah, which feels bad. I feel like I would be a bad general. <laughs> you know, I would probably. <laughs> I like. I don't think any of us in this room no. would be a good, good general. general. Yeah. yeah, especially for a world war. Yeah. Right. A big war. Yeah, I've played Risk. I'm yeah. not good. <laughs> I'm very bad at risk. How are wow. you? Not good. Yeah. This is risk. Conclusive players. proof. 
turn off your ears right now. <laughs> We're not going to give you any yeah. good info. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you went from the high school doing like learning improv there and then into this really tough form. And you said it was hard for a while. Yes. Do you think uh, that because it was hard, that sort of drove you to want to be better at it or to explore it deeper? I, th- I think so. Because I can, like, I have a very distinct memory of the very first time in a rehearsal I, like, nailed something, you mm-hmm. know? And that, that feeling is something I think I, I was chasing, not so much um, in college, at least, when I, like, was finally getting those jokes and those sure. things. That's sort of what drove me. Yeah, really trying to nail something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like getting that. That pursuit, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people spend their lives. Like, you're just trying to, the first high you get doing something you love, uh, you kind of just chase it Yeah. for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And hopefully you get it every once in a while. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's exciting. Now, yeah, I think you said something to me before we started today, which was that this song, Flagpole Sitta, would is off brand for you or yes. would ruin your brand. Yeah, it's gonna this is ruining my whole brand. Okay, what's your <laughs> uh what is for our listeners out there, what is your brand? I love pop music. Yeah. Like Selena Gomez. I yeah. love Ariana Grande, mm-hmm. like Justin Bieber. I love I don't know, I just it's I, I it's the so fun. Today's top yeah. tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this song is like a an alt rock from the nineties <laughs> song. Yeah. But this was a huge hit in 1997. I would say aside from, so in 1997, you probably would have been a big fan of spice girls who came out that year, or maybe they came out in 96, but they were riding high in 97. Yes. yes. But I also can remember distinctly 1997 was like the year of radio friendly rock music, matchbox 20, third eye blind, uh, Harvey Danger, and there were there were others. Yes. Yeah. So like, you would have been kind of on brand in oh, that year. That's true. It would have been um, a different you, you know. Right. But I think you might have been okay in retrospect. <laughs> this is a little. This is so. You're saying my brand is intact. I think yes. your brand yeah. might my be. My brand is okay. still intact. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> At least to some extent. Yeah. You know? Well, because I've been thinking about this sort of thing because uh, I typically don't listen to pop music. Yeah. However, and we've discussed this on a couple of episodes, I started watching K-pop music videos because they are bonkers and I love them. And it started off as this ironic enjoyment and over time has turned into a sincere enjoyment of these songs that I mostly can't understand. Um, and I think something interesting and because I've been trying to parse why all of a sudden this turned into a sincere enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And when a song's good, a song's good. And, you know, singing like paranoia in this song is like an awesome hook. And listening to somebody like Weird Al and his like polka medallies, uh, where he just takes a song and like takes it from the original form and just throws it onto an accordion kind of shows you that the a good song is a good song and it can translate over everything. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um I also want you maybe well, I was listening to you talk about like the transition from ironic enjoyment yeah into actual enjoyment as well cuz I wonder if maybe some part of me like the perverse part of me started listening to songs like like Despacito or Justin mm-hmm. Bieber's Baby, which is, I think, a bad song, but yeah. so catchy that you can't 
escape it. I don't know where. I think we may have both crossed the line that we can't <laughs> we can't go back to our our non enjoyment of those songs. Yeah. yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I don't. I'm coming to terms with the fact that I don't think it's a bad thing. It's a song like oh, some yeah. of these songs are songs that I probably won't listen to all the time. Yeah. And some of them are songs that I purely enjoy because the music video is out of control. Right. But there's still something fun about that. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite thing within that world, because I think I think a lot of people fall prey to it. And I think it's particularly with pop music, which is this like ironic enjoyment to enjoyment, you know, this thing that we're talking about. And my my favorite part of it is when you like something ironically or and then you end up liking it but maybe you don't know exactly why you like it. You're like, you're kind of just hooked, you know? And then there comes a point where maybe you finally listen to the lyrics or you finally listen to another song on the album or something like that. And you realize you actually like it for a deeper reason, even if it's not that deep, even if it's just a little bit deep. Right. It is incredible how you can surprise yourself by going to that, that level that's just beyond casual enjoyment and, really kind of become a fan of a song or an artist yeah. Yeah. that you maybe thought was a, you wrote them off initially. Yeah. Yeah. Your brand evolves. Yes. Yeah. My brand is evolving as we speak. This is my, uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I would admit to that being pretty much how I've uh, evolved as a Carly Rae Jepsen fan. I was going to ask, yeah. it's like, is this coming from your, I think so. But I've probably done that a number of times over the course of my life, but I would say Carly Rae is right on that yeah. because it was just call me maybe ironic enjoyment all over the radio huge single but then kind of uh stuck with it long enough that i kind of was like oh yeah i like this song this song's stupid but it's great <laughs> yeah and then stuck with listening to her long enough to where then yeah. she put out other songs i actually like yeah, yeah. you know so hey good job yeah. um fun. the other funny thing uh, about you choosing this song in freshman year is, I believe, my freshman year of college, on the back half of it, 2005, was uh, Harvey Danger put out a new album. And they had like oh, yeah. only released a couple albums maybe since Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone, which is what Flagpole Sit is on. And I'm blanking a little bit on the name of this album, but it was, uh, I listened to it in my sophomore year a lot because I think I found it over the summer. And it was like the album of my sophomore year. <laughs> This, this totally uh, unknown Harvey Danger, like third or fourth album that they put out. And they did something in 2005 that has now become more popular, which was that they just put it online for free and you could just download it because they knew that they had like no audience really. And all they wanted to do was tour behind it if they could a little bit. So they just gave it away to people. And I think it's a really great, pop rock album and it's mostly piano based huh i have to look into that i, I guess i don't know harvey danger's oof that i don't well. think many people do i i feel like just the name of that song alone is i think i i thought was a hard like a piece of trivia mm-hmm. you know the fact that, that song is called flagpole sitta yeah it's which not, isn't really in the lyrics at all. not at all in the lyrics so it's yeah. like if you google if you you know, if you're in high school and you're trying to figure out those lyrics, right. you're like, that can't, that's not the song. Yeah. Because it, it's not. What's the paranoia song? Um, so I guess right. I, I, the fact that they have an album in 2005 blows my mind. The 2005 album is called Little by Little. And 
I would highly recommend it to anyone who even kind of likes Flagpole Sitta. I think it's a more mature and uh, like really great version of the band Harvey Danger. Wow. Yeah. Pian- a pian- piano-based mature Harvey Danger. It is. It really is. It's got some great, some, some great tracks on it. Wow. But yeah. Tom, thanks so much for talking to us today. Oh, thank you yeah, so much for having you. me. This has been a joy. Um, where can people see you? Um, I'm on the Magnet stage every Wednesday with my Megawatt team, Avalanche. Mm-hmm. You can see me uh, roughly once a month with my sketch team, Just Karen, on Mondays. Um, occasionally, I do stand-up and my solo show, Fat Friend. Uh, but stay tuned for more details about that. I got to tell people, Fat Friend, I saw it recently. It's a great show. It's truly delightful. Thank you, Evan. Yeah. Um, I had not seen it before that run. I mean, you've done it a couple times. Yes, I have. And it was a great show. It's very really fun. funny, really entertaining, yeah. and you are a delight. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, guys, keep your eyes on the calendar at Magnet Theater because you never know when Tom might pop up yeah. again. <laughs> Fat Friends always around the corner. <clears throat> yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us again. And everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks again. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, do all the podcast things you know how to do. Tell us nice things. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tom, you got friends? I'll find some. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them, man. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Tom. Until next time. Hit repeat. Oh, yeah. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.